From WGVU, this is Focus West Michigan for Friday, February 23, 2024. I'm Joe Balecki. For our main feature today, Scott Vanderwerf sits down with Studio C's Eric Kuiper to talk about this weekend's movies. Also, the vice president was in Michigan yesterday ahead of Tuesday's presidential primary. Pet adoption prices in Kent County are on the rise and more state and West Michigan news. Focus West Michigan is brought to you by listeners like you. To support this show and everything we do, visit wgvunews.org and click the donate button. The Vice President of the United States visited Grand Rapids yesterday to speak about reproductive rights to a group of supporters. WGVU's Dee Morrison reports. Vice President Kamala Harris spoke at Fountain Street Church Thursday to a crowd of invited guests as part of what she's calling the Fight for Reproductive Freedoms Tour. In her Grand Rapids speech, she focused on how organizers, advocates, and elected leaders in states like Michigan have worked to protect reproductive rights since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, highlighting what she sees as the danger of not doing so. Since that rule came down, we have seen states across our country, thankfully not Michigan, but states across our country proposing and passing laws that criminalize doctors and nurses. Some provide for prison for life for health care professionals providing reproductive care to their patients. The visit comes in the midst of early voting in Michigan's primary. Harris emphasized the importance of the election in light of efforts to ban abortion nationally and to limit access to fertility treatments. So on the one hand, the proponents are saying that an individual doesn't have a right to end an unwanted pregnancy. And on the other hand, the individual does not have a right to start a family. Harris also conducted a roundtable discussion on the issue with supporters and elected leaders, including Governor Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Senator Debbie Stabenow, and Congresswoman Hillary Scolton. I'm Dee Morrison. On the heels of Vice President Kamala Harris's Fight for Reproductive Freedoms campaign stop in Grand Rapids, WGVU's Dee Morrison also has the response from Right to Life of Michigan. The president of Right to Life of Michigan calls Vice President Harris's visit an attempt to scare voters into thinking abortion rights are at risk. Amber Roseboom released a statement calling the visit, quote, part of a coordinated election year charade to mislead voters with a fantasy that abortion access in Michigan is somehow at risk. The facts are to the contrary. A woman in Michigan can have an abortion for any reason at any point in her pregnancy. There is absolutely nothing that can be done in our state legislature to change that reality. Also, there is no path forward in Congress to pass any sort of a national ban, end quote. Roseboom warned it is protections for women, parents, and children that are at stake now after Michigan's legislature last year removed certain requirements for abortion clinics. She also cited a plan to remove parental consent for minors seeking an abortion. Roseboom ended the statement by saying, Michigan women are savvy enough to see through the Harris-Whitmer charade. I'm Dee Morrison. Adopting a pet in Kent County just got more expensive. The Board of Commissioners approved fee increases for the county County Animal Shelter on Thursday. WGVU's David Limbaugh explains where those new fees will be applied. The Kent County Animal Shelter says the new fees are necessary to better align with operating costs. It is the first time fees have been raised since 2013. And it really was time to evaluate where our fee schedule was and how we can better align it with other organizations in the community. Shelter Director Angela Hollinshead says the increased fees are expected to bring in just under $11,000 annually. It's not really much about the revenue source when it comes to our fee increase. A lot of it really was. It's just keeping up with the cost for our care for the animals. Adoption fees for cats ages four months and older will increase from $5 to $20, while surrendering a pet to the shelter would increase from $25 to $35. 
$25. Other changes include a new livestock category for adopting animals like pigs and goats, as well as a flat rate for spaying and neutering services for more traditional pets. Allenzed doesn't think the new fees will dissuade potential pet owners from adopting a furry friend. Our cat adoption fees, with the increase to the $20, is still the least expensive adoption fee compared to most area organizations. The new fees go into effect March 1st. I'm David Limbaugh. Grand Rapids City Commissioners this week approved the rezoning of 30 acres of riverfront property on the northwest side of the city. WGVU's Patrick Center has the details. In December, the Grand Rapids Planning Commission recommended the rezoning of 22 properties wedged between Leonard Street to the north and 6th Street to the south, the Grand River to the east, and US 131 to the west. The proposed rezoning taken into consideration in early 2023, after two developers proposed a 10-story mixed-use building, including residential units on properties at 260 and 288 Leonard Street. This was just born out of uh, our need for housing and just continued needs within our business community. Drew Robbins is First Ward City Commissioner. I'm personally excited about this. I think it'll uh, hopefully incentivize some, some much-needed housing in this area. Um, and its, it's, its proximity to downtown, I think, makes it a, a very suitable location for some greater density. The rezoning increases the new construction height limit up to 20 stories. Previously, the maximum was five stories. With the potential for increased area activity, mobile GR surveyed traffic flows determining infrastructure can handle added density. I'm Patrick Center. Wedgwood Christian Services held its annual State of the Child event today at Grand Rapids Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. WGVU's David Limbaugh was there. The State of the Child Forum brings together West Michigan educators, therapists, and other child care professionals. Panels discuss guidance, advice, and updates on the overall well-being of our youth through presentations with community experts and local teens. Topics include social media, substance abuse, and relationships. Callie Jackson, a therapist and panelist, explains why events like this are so important. Really enhancing your education so that you're able to combat these issues we're talking about and be prepared because something we talked about today is that mental health is health. So although the youth are experiencing it, we are too. Local teens have a seat at the table too. Kit Taivalea, a junior at Kenowa Hills, says events like this improves generational dialogue. The misunderstandings that adults can have. We'll say something and then we'll go to explain why we did it when adults ask and they'll say that we're giving an excuse when we're just giving our reasoning. Wedgwood President and CEO Dan Gowdy hopes gathering youth-focused stakeholders leads to stronger communities. We need new partnerships, new solutions, and our own resiliency so we can address and be proactively addressing the problems that our kids are facing and that affect them for a lifetime. I'm David Limbaugh. Michigan bills to expand access to mental health and drug treatment courts passed the Michigan Senate yesterday. Colin Jackson has more. The package would give judges and prosecutors leeway to allow certain violent offenders access to those treatment programs. Democratic Senator Stephanie Chang says that's a better alternative to punishment alone. We are giving a carefully selected group of individuals an opportunity to re-enter the community in a way that's actually more productive for them and also better for all of us. But Republican Senator Joe Bellino worries plea deals for serious crimes could lead to abuse of the system under the bills. If you're letting a plea down and then use drug court, I got a problem with that because I'm a big proponent of treatment courts. They work. Most of the bills in the package now return to the House for the chamber to agree to some changes the Senate made. I'm Colin Jackson in Lansing.
We invite you to celebrate Black History Month with a closer look at the lives of the many Black Americans who have made indelible marks on history with their artistry, achievements, leadership, and community activism. From the heroes of the past to the visionaries of the present, WGVU Public Media is committed to bringing you content that educates, inspires, informs, and entertains. Learn more at wgvu.org slash blackhistorymonth. Hilary Swank returns to the big screen with Ordinary Angels. Ethan Cohen directs Drive Away Angels. A new horror movie called Stop Motion is in theaters. And Vim Vender's Oscar-nominated foreign film Perfect Days is also opening. WGVU Scott Vanderwerf talks those pictures and more with Eric Kuiper from Studio C. My name is Sharon. I'm just a ticked-off hairdresser with a split and headache. I'm good at plenty of things. Taking no for an answer ain't one of them. You just wandered into a lady you never met before his funeral. Why exactly? Something about that little girl. She's just five and she already needs a liver transplant. Hi, Sharon, remember me? Yes, ma'am. So she's gonna help out if you're not so weak. Mom, I met this woman. She's a mess. And that's Ordinary Angels. It stars Hilary Swank, directed by John Gunn. And correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, isn't this the first film that Hilary Swank has starred in in quite some time? Yeah, you know, I had the same thought when when this movie popped. I couldn't remember the last time that I'd seen her in in a major production. Um, I mean, she's done some, she did a net, Netflix uh, sort of alternate history astronaut uh, television series, and that's the last thing that I remember uh, seeing her in. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, she's she's a major actor, actress in the in Hollywood. I mean, she's got an Oscar, right? I mean, she's... Yeah, I, I was going to say Million Dollar Baby is really... That sticks in my mind as the last thing that, that I remember seeing her in the theaters. I'm sure she's done several films since then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, this, this does put her front and center. She's playing this... She's playing a hairdresser who's just, you know, she's kind of a mess, you know, just flying by the seat of her pants. Um, but she becomes aware of a family, and this is based on a true story, uh, becomes aware of a family uh, for whom the daughter is in need of some kind of a transplant. And I'm not sure what, what, what that is, whether it's, you know, heart or kidney or something along those lines. And, you know, doesn't have the resources in order to do this. And so her, this little girl's life is very much on the line. And she just takes to this this cause to support this family and goes on this mission to raise the money in the community, to, you know, to, to set her up so that she, it's a possibility. And then as the film moves on, um, clearly you can see that when, when the phone rings and it's time to go, that it's going to be against all odds that this little girl's is going to be able to pull this off. Um, it's, uh, you know, th there's a, there's a little wink here, I suppose, in the title with ordinary angels. This is a faith-based film. It's come from the same producers as, uh, some of the, the, the most successful faith-based films of the last year or so it's being distributed by Lionsgate. Um, and they have a, have a branch that, you know, Jesus Revolution and some of these other ones that have really found massive audiences. Um, uh, it's, it's coming from the same, same place, same producers. And, um, it, you know, it just looks like an absolute tearjerker. And, you know, with Hilary Swank, you know, it, you know, playing kind of the lead role and coming in and stepping into this family, um, you know, it's, it, you know, she's going to execute really well in this, uh, in that kind of title role. So, or not title role, but main, main role there. 
Also opening Perfect Days, which uh, is a Japanese language film, but it's directed by the German director Wim Wenders, who did the his masterpiece is Wings of Desire. Yeah, so this is this is a really interesting sort of, I don't know, footnote in Oscar history that we're living in. Um, so, you know, Wim Wenders, as you said, is, is a German filmmaker. This film is the Japanese submission for, for a best foreign feature uh, at the Oscars this year. And that has never happened before. Um, and, and I just I think it's really interesting. Now, it does, you know, it was co-written um, by a Japanese man. It was shot in Japan. It does star, you know, in, in part of what got uh a bunch of attention for this film right away at Cannes. Um, the the lead character, the lead actor in the film, was got best actor at Cannes this past year. So incredible performance. It's this like slice of life movie. Um, he's basically a uh, like a Japanese toilet cleaner, I think, and uh, like a to- I think it takes place in Tokyo. So he's got this jumpsuit on that says Tokyo toilet cleaner or something. And so it's, but it's the, this combination of four short stories that all involve him. And I think also to some extent involve his niece and sort of their relationship. It, like Ordinary Angels, both of these films are rated PG, which is interesting. I mean, a Vim Vendor's PG, you know, f- kind of feel good human story. It's just, it's sort of all unexpected, um, but it's 95% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, I mean, obviously it's being nominated for a best uh, best foreign feature. It, it's it's a great film, um, but it is it is subtitles. It's, it's largely Japanese language film. And Ethan Cohen, one half of the Cohen brothers, has uh, struck out, uh, struck on, his own with drive away dolls. Yeah. We'll see if he struck out, you know, (laughs) but he definitely, he definitely went out on his own. And what's interesting, um, his brother did this not that long ago as well. Um, put a film out, uh, absent his brother. And another thing that they did that that's the same is they both co-wrote the film with their wives. Um, so this, this film is co-written by Trisha Cook, which is Ethan Cohen's wife. Um, and it, it, to me, it looks like a ton of fun. You and I have talked about this before. There's this whole sort of subgenre, if you will, of movies where there's a box who's got the box, who's going to get the box. Everybody wants the box, right? It's that, that's this movie. These two young women, um, find themselves in possession of a briefcase and everybody wants the briefcase. And um, I don't know that we ever even learn what's in the briefcase. They do. Um, they pop it open and, and all that stuff. But it's like, okay, now there's all these these players coming into the mix. And, you know, one of them being played by Pedro Pascal, one of them being played by Matt Damon. I don't think he's got a huge role, but he shows up. Um, Coleman Domingo is also one of the people who wants this box. So this sort of fun ensemble cast that you might expect when a Cohen is involved in, you know, making a movie. But what I think is really funny about this, all these hitmen and gangsters who are chasing after these two, you know, kind of, you know, funny late adolescent uh, girls um, is that they're pretty sure that they're up for this challenge because they've seen a lot of these. There's a box who wa- who's going to get the box. Everybody wants the box movies. So they feel like they're up for the challenge, which I just think is such a fun and very kind of Coen Brothers premise. So yeah, that's Driveway Dolls. And it's a Friday. So that means there's another horror movie opening and it's stop motion. Yeah, this this truly looks creepy to me. So it's about this young girl who makes stop animation movies in her basement. And, you know, she's got all the little dolls and sets and all these things. And of course, you know, as as fate would have it, these things she gets 
you know, inhabited into this world or they inhabit her world. I'm not sure which direction, you know, whom is getting pulled into whose reality here. But all the terrifying realities, you know, that uh, that these these dolls and her stop animation, they start playing their kind of deadly realities out on and around her. I just think stop animation, even when it's happy, is a little creepy. It's a little it's just a little off putting to me. So I think this is a really fun idea. You know, it's a great way to lean into something that's already kind of creepy. And there's another Japanese film. It's called Demon Slayer to the Hashira Training, which is a uh, animated fantasy adventure. Yeah. So Demon Slayer is has been around for a while. Uh, there are many different sort of veins of it, but uh, it has very successfully been an animated series for for some years now. And uh, if people are fans of this uh, this anime franchise, they will remember a year or so ago the there was the predecessor to this film called Swordsmith Village. And they're doing the same thing with this one that they did with Swordsmith, where they're essentially taking the last couple episodes of uh, season three and the first episode of the yet to be released season four. And they're kind of commingling these things, creating some kind of new experience and putting it into theaters exclusively. I mean, on one hand, I think from a business model, it's absolutely brilliant, right? They're finding a new way to package their content and and essentially sell it to their audience twice. So from a business standpoint, it's really brilliant. I also really appreciate that I think in the anime world, there is a community around this. And when you're watching this stuff episodically, more or less likely kind of on your own at home, they're giving their audience about once a year a chance to kind of congregate and commune and celebrate this storyline that they're all in love with and they're all kind of, uh, you know, engrossed in, uh, in the best way. So, I mean, it's a, it's a savvy business move, but I just think it's a really fun way to understand your audience and create space for them. So yeah, that's the, that's the next, uh, next installment in Demon Slayer. All right, Eric, we'll see you next week and talk about Dune part two. I can't wait. It's amazing. This has been Focus West Michigan from WGVU for Friday, February 23, 2024. I'm Joe Balecki. Our audio operations manager is Rick Beerling, and our news and public affairs director is Patrick Center. We'll be back with more news and events in West Michigan on Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.